you are listening to Pursumedia Minutes. Here is the bottom line and above, from Pursumedia Weekly Newsletter, published on October 25, 2023. To sign up for our Iran Weekly Newsletter and learn more about our advanced AI solutions, please get in touch with us. How enduring are Tehran's achievements in the Gaza war? With the Gaza crisis now in its third week, most media attention, in the West at least, is focused on the hard choices facing Israel and its ally, the United States. Israel, understandably, wants to destroy Hamas, but it is doubtful whether such a goal can be achieved, and even if it can be, Israel needs to figure out how to govern Gaza once Hamas is gone. Meanwhile, popular opinion in the Arab countries grows angrier and more agitated at the plight of the Palestinians. Finally, Israel must find a way to achieve some sort of victory without the war widening into a larger regional war in which Iran and Hezbollah intervene. It's not a comfortable position to be in. Iran, we are told, has changed the narrative and demonstrated its power, at least indirectly through its client Hamas, and halted the progress of the U.S. effort to encourage the normalization of diplomatic relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia. It has similarly halted efforts, for now, to move forward with building a transportation corridor to link India to Europe via rail and road line from Dubai to Haifa. Supreme Leader Khamenei has called the blow Hamas dealt Israel an irreparable defeat and his hardline supporters have argued that it shows the Israeli military to be weak, that the Zionist entity is in terminal decline, and the axis of resistance emerging as a united, major force in the region. Iran has flipped the script and turned the world upside down. Well, maybe. But for a regime that is supposedly riding high, it is playing its cards very conservatively. Despite all the triumphalist chest-beating in the principalist media in Iran, the Iranian ambassador to the United Nations today repeated Iran's call for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. A few days ago, Foreign Minister Hossein Amir Abdullahian warned that if the Israeli air attacks on Gaza didn't stop, anything is possible at any moment and the region will go out of control. No doubt, his rhetoric was in part aimed at deterring Israeli escalation, but it likely also reflects concerns in Tehran about the war expanding and dragging Iran in deeper. Rather than press its advantage against an irreparably damaged Israel headed for oblivion, the Islamic Republic is acting like someone who wants to leave the gaming table and cash in his chips while he is still ahead. One main reason for this is that the longer this crisis drags on, the greater the possibility for negative outcomes for Iran. To be sure, Iranian leaders relish the anger that the conflict has reignited among Arab publics and the discomfort that has created for Arab leaders. But as Israeli strikes on Gaza continue, even without a ground invasion, Hamas capabilities are degraded, the U.S. military presence in the region is reinforced, and Tehran comes under growing pressure to support its allies, risking a direct clash with the United States that Iran can ill afford. For now, Iran is hoping it can avoid such a clash by increasing pressure on Israel and the U.S. by encouraging and supporting attacks by other client militias in its axis of resistance. Rear Admiral Ali Fadevi, Deputy Commander of the IRGC, addressing a pro-Palestinian student conference in Tehran this past week, played down the idea of Iran directly intervening in the event Israel invaded Gaza, saying that the resistance front, which, he added, acts on its own, would deal it a severe blow. And, in fact, 
increased missile and drone strikes by some of the Iraqi militia's Iran backs have been reported by U.S. forces there, and the U.S. Navy intercepted and downed a combined drone and missile strike launched in Israel's direction by the Houthis in Yemen. Hezbollah, too, has kept up a series of small-scale probing attacks and rocket strikes along Israel's northern border. These attacks are meant to distract Israel and deter a ground invasion or U.S. intervention, but so far Iran has hardly cried havoc and unleashed the dogs of war. The representative in Yemen of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, PIJ, a more pro-Iranian Palestinian group fighting alongside Hamas, essentially admitted the limited nature of the resistance front's assistance when he told reporters the front stood by the Palestinians but did not have an obligation to intervene on the battlefield. Part of Iran's, and its Axis allies, dilemma is that while much is made of the axis of resistance as an instrument of Iranian hegemony, its main value to Iran is as a deterrent to a large-scale military attack on Iran. If Iran were to encourage the opening of a real, second front, against Israel by Hezbollah, instead of limited harassing attack, it would risk the crippling of Hezbollah's military capabilities, along with much of Lebanon's infrastructure especially if the U.S. entered the fray. Israel would no doubt pay a terrible price, too, but Iran's deterrent would be severely degraded. Moreover, as laid out by Imad Harb in an article for the Arab Center of Washington, D.C., Hezbollah has strong parochial reasons for avoiding a war with Israel, such a war would risk the collapse of the Lebanese state and economy, which Hezbollah dominates, Hezbollah, which has lost much of the legitimacy and popular support it once enjoyed in Lebanon would not enjoy the support of the other Lebanese political and sectarian parties should it provoke a war with Israel, and, unlike in 2006, Hezbollah could not count on the Gulf Arab countries to provide the billions in dollars likely needed to rebuild the country. So, essentially, Tehran may have to decide if it wants to sacrifice Hamas to preserve its main deterrent force Hezbollah, or risk a wider war that might leave it and Hezbollah even worse off. It is not entirely clear, either, how Iran translates its successes in this crisis into greater regional influence. It has reminded its neighbors and others of its ability to play the spoiler and disrupt regional arrangements that threaten Iranian interests. Tehran's encouragement of its militia clients in Iraq to attack the U.S. presence there has been opposed by the most pro-Iranian government yet to preside in Baghdad and further divided the Shia parties in Iraq. Its call at the OIC for a Muslim oil embargo on the Israel and the expulsion of Israeli ambassadors from Muslim capitals was rejected by OPEC and the GCC. In so far as Iran has embarrassed and alarmed Arab leaders by stoking popular anger over the crisis in Gaza and upsetting efforts to normalize relations with Israel and build transport corridors across the Arabian Peninsula, it has hardly reassured them of its benign intent. Instead, it has likely reinforced some of the same security fears that drove the effort by Arab states to move closer to Israel and decreased the likelihood that the Gulf Arabs would direct large investments toward Iran. These are all setbacks to the gains Iran sought through its neighborly policy toward the region. Despite the Nizam's full-throated rhetorical support for Hamas and violent resistance against Israel, including showy regime-sponsored efforts to sign up volunteers to fight Israel, an old gambit Iran used to demonstrate its revolutionary bona fides after the U.S. invasion of Iraq and the Israeli war with Hezbollah in 2006, voices of caution are speaking up in the Iranian media. As reported in the Pursue Media Daily Summary, 
calls on the senior clergy to declare a jihad, no takers, yet, have been followed by questions posed by moderates and reformists about the costs of the war. In particular they have wondered whether the Hamas attack is worth the loss of life among Palestinians, or the potential depopulation of Gaza. Others have warned that the crisis could provide an opening to the U.S. to reorder the region more closely in line with U.S. interests or lead to an escalation with uncertain and potentially disastrous outcomes for Iran. Along similar lines, former Majlis Speaker Ali Larijani has publicly expressed disappointment with the level of support Iran has received from Russia and China in this crisis, and the IRGC-affiliated Javan has published a commentary that suggests that instead of Iran, it may be Russia and China that emerge as the winners of the war in Gaza. These arguments probably will not cause the Nizam to alter its policy, but they may be a further source of caution in government deliberations. They are a reminder that the Nizam does not enjoy the united support of the people, and that risking a wider war over the Palestinians, already seen by many Iranians as soaking up Iranian money that could be better at home, might have a negative impact on domestic stability. Only a year removed from the protests over the death of Mahsa Amini, the Islamic Republic would risk inflaming public opinion and reigniting protests should it directly intervene in the Gaza war. The sad fact is it may not matter. Chance and misperceptions can alter calculations and force leaders to take actions against their better judgment. We have already seen how the accidental explosion at a Gaza hospital has been exploited to stoke public anger and score points against opponents. A scared soldier, an overzealous militant, or a misread signal could create a larger crisis quickly, with negative results for everyone. But as the crisis drags on, Iran looks increasingly less like the clever chess master advancing his interests at others' expense and more like another muddling, worried player trying to avoid costly losses. When the dust finally settles, we may see more clearly the wisdom in Pope Francis' call for peace when the crisis erupted. War is always a defeat. Pursue Media provides media research, open-source intelligence, AI-driven analytics, and strategic communications consultancy. For more information about our advanced AI solutions or to subscribe to Pursue Media products and services, please get in touch with us.